Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 18 minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. Minister Bigot, well, parenthetically, uh, you know, expressed his frustrations and concern uh, a, a while back around sexual harassment, a culture of sexual harassment within the South African Police Service. Look, we, the citizens, have complained time and time again, and we know of cases where police officers are quite literally sexually harassing and raping citizens, civilians. But it seems that there is a culture of sexual harassment within the South African Police Service as a workplace, of course, certainly to the detriment and disadvantage uh, and indignity of women who work in the South African Police Service. Just how endemic is it? But more than anything, the concern for me here is, is, is beyond it being endemic and, 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 and perhaps problematic, as is sexual harassment in any workplace, anywhere. What this worries me about, SEPS is the one place you want to insulate from that. Because this is the one institution that should be a safe space and a refuge for sexual harassment victims. Yet, the sexual harassment victims that need refuge and safe space and protection are seemingly working in the organization as well amongst their own and alongside their own perpetrators. That, for me, is deeply worrying. But violence, being a part of the DNA of the South African Police Service within and also on the outside of it, is not surprising to me, given that it has a license, almost sometimes unencumbered, to practice violence. I mean, by definition, the state has a monopoly on violence, right, through the police services. But here it seems how violence is exercised and exerted by SAPs may well be a part of the reason itself has a sexual harassment problem within its workplace that just went silent, unnoticed. And I'm concerned about why it also went unnoticed. Joining me for this conversation is Mary Dahas, a violence researcher. Mary, good evening. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. And welcome back to Night Talk. Uh, it's always an honor and a pleasure to speak to you. Let's perhaps start there. Uh, the, the culture of violence in the South African police service is not unique to the South Africa's, South Africa's police service. It's seemingly a, 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 a culture within police services across the world. But can there be something that we attribute to that culture towards why, to make sense of why it has a sexual harassment culture within the workplace that's seemingly uh, curtailed and uh, left unspoken about? Uh, good evening, uh, Oliver, and all your listeners. Uh, look, it's quite a complicated issue um, because there certainly is sexual harassment within the police, but it's not just in the police. It's widespread across yeah. government departments. It's not just in South Africa. In fact, given what I'm going to say about what happens in a lot of government departments and the police, I just want to tell you this story. It comes from a very... Uh, a top commercial firm, finance firm in London, where a particular woman who's not particularly good at her job makes a play at all the different directors, and and she kind of she gets on because she's kind of flipped with some of them and most of them perhaps, but she's calculatedly done this it seems to kind of keep her position and get where she is, and then she gets pregnant and. 
supposed to go off on leave, and they're all quite relieved because they don't even know whose child it is. Now, I mean, this is, I'm talking about London now. Mm. So it's not confined to South Africa. This is something. And it also, but we, you know, you can't generalize because mm. for a lot of women, there are very different reasons that women fall into this trap. And I think that South Africa is particularly vulnerable because of the historic disempowerment of women. Um and, I mean, if you look at the police, for example, but I, I just want to stress, it's not just the police, it's in politics generally. I mm. mean, recent, last, when was it in August, the IEC asked me to talk at a, a women's day function they had about uh, women getting, you know, into political positions and the challenges. And I think that, um, you know, when I said that, as elsewhere, women have this. Com- uh, women are pressurized because this is what is happening a lot of the time. They're pressurized into sleeping their way up, and there was a kind of murmur of imp- approval from the women in the audience because they know this. And you know, the the point is that it becomes very different, difficult for women if some women use it as a means to get up the ladder, because then men say, well, if others can do it, why why don't you do it? But there's all sorts of reasons that women fall into that trap. And, I mean, I can think of one person that's very well known in the police who's very senior, and she herself, when it started, and she's got a reputation for having got there, by selectively sleeping with different senior police members. But if you go back some years, apparently she was raped by a police member, another senior police member, and she did her best to get that case prosecuted, and then she just gave up. And, you know, I mean, this is where you get to another problem, because... When women are raped, and they're raped in South Africa all the time, all over the place, it kind of, it takes your self-respect away. And if you don't get any justice for you, for it, you're quite easy game. So I think we haven't gone into a lot of these dynamics when we talk about how women are kind of sexually harassed, given to it. And that's how they climb the ladder, because I know perfectly well. I mean, I've been hearing this from police for so many years in different places, different provinces. Hang on a sec, you know, this person was a clock, and now she's certainly a colonel, you know, and she just happens to be friendly with a station commissioner. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of that yeah. thing. Sexual favor in the job, in, in, in the workplace, is, 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 is one form of sexual harassment, but there's also the sexual harassment where you're not... A, doing it for the favor of upward career mobility, right? Where it's literally, quite literally, unwanted, unwelcomed, uh, and even rejected sexual advances um, and, 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 and sexual behavior that you have to experience in the workplace. And, 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 and I wonder just how endemic that may be. Um, and, and, you know, again, you know, we, we, we speak about sexual harassment in other industries all the time, you know? 
but it took me by surprise when it got highlighted within the South African police service for reasons I've, I've stated when we started the conversation. But mm. it seems to me that there's a culture of silence as well within the South African police service where things just aren't spoken about. Where may that be coming from? Oh, look, there's a general culture of silence. I mean, the police have been, the police have been told not to talk to members of the public. They carefully select what the public knows by their media people. I mean, please, you know, I'm going to release something this week on, on what the minister is saying about me and telling police not to talk to me. But the, the police are not supposed to uh, be talking to members of the public, which is ridiculous, because mm. they too have problems, and it's not like you kind of, you know, a lot of the talking to people is to just kind of tell them that this is what's going on, they need support, you want to support good police. And I mean, I get a lot of this. Mm. The police, just some of them just leave the police, because, and they, so they need to talk to people, you just need to be discreet about it, so that's part of it. But yeah, I mean, it is. You're quite right that it it is endemic in the police, and not just the police. I mean, and the other problem is this: that if you, I mean, as a, and that's why I started with the example of a very senior person who was raped, and it's become common knowledge that she tried to get justice, and she was hit, she was hitting her brick against head against a brick wall. Mm. She could not get the case investigated because, and this is not just with the police. I mean, I deal also, just today I was hearing the most awful story about a woman who was abused, raped by a man who'd impregnated her and how the police covered for him. And this is a typical, typical. And, you know, this is outside the police. Mm. So if they do it to victims who come looking for help with gender-based violence, they're going to do it within their own ranks mm. to their own fellow uh, uh, female uh, people. So I think it is very common, it's, and it's very difficult. I mean, I know of a very clear example of what happened to a very senior person in another department, which is just, I, I, I just perhaps want to ask... I just want to perhaps mm. ask this. What, what is the starting point of changing that culture amongst police officers within the South African police service? Because clearly we're dealing here with people who should not be police officers in the first place. Mm. Well, the starting point is the support. And I thought about this after discussion we had at that IEC meeting in August. What we need is strong support systems for women to help them, if they, I mean, this case I was going to tell you about, which probably happens in the police too, is another allied department where the very senior person refuses sexual harassment and then just gets, gets the men ganging up against her, dis, malicious disciplinary charges mm. that ruin her career, basically, because she said no and refused to give in to demands that, like other women were bomb were actually bullied into getting demands that men made on them. Now this is the same sort of thing that can happen in the police. And the police are the very people 
but should not be doing. Because mm. the piece of the people you go to, if you're a victim of sexual harassment or gender-based violence, but that's not happening. As I said, I mentioned cases of people outside the police where the police gang up and they don't treat victims of rape the way they're supposed to be. Mm. So within the police, you say, how do we start? Well, we have to start, I mean, by getting justice for those women, whether they're in the police or they're reporting to the police. And that's just not happening. Yeah. It is simply not happening. So what do you do if you're a woman, you want to keep your job, you've got children to support. What do you do when you are sexually harassed? And we're not talking, look, there's degrees of sexual harassment. You know, there are people who say, well, you know, he's making all these suggestive moves. And I mean, you ignore them. You have to stand up to that sort of thing. But if it comes to the, you know, you just ignore men who make all sorts of sexual innuendos and you and kind of you, you don't make an issue of it because then it just gets worse. You tend to ignore them like with any bullying. That's the best way to do it. But then it gets more serious when men make these advances to you. And then if you do not give in to them, that's when it becomes very serious and a need for intervention when, well, you know, you don't, uh, if you don't give in to me, then, um, you know, I'll make sure your life's in misery. You'll never get promoted. Mm. You'll never do this. You'll never get that sort of thing. Those are the women who need support. That's what needs to be exposed. And that's what I've said, that people in the police, including women who are victims of this sort of harassment, where it's made clear to them that if they don't give in to the demands of the men to sleep with them, they've got to have support to report that. I mean, this is so... I mean, you said endemic, but women will tell you that... They don't get support mm. for reporting and trying to get justice. And this is what we should be addressing. And yeah. you can't address that unless people talk to you about it and come to you for help about it. And that's where we have to start. And 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 maybe highlighting it, exposing it without names. But again, it's, it's a bit like whistleblowing. Mm. It's just no support network for people who do this. Because women... Often women are supporting children. And this mm. goes across the government as well, not just police. They're supporting children. They can't afford to lose their jobs. They're in a dilemma. And the easiest way is often to give in. Yeah. Because no one is supporting them. Yeah. And that's the crux of the matter. Yeah. Give us a, a, give us a call. I'm taking your actions at 086 I want us to have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note. Good evening, Oliver Dixon. Regarding the alleged probe that was addressed by the Minister of Police, General Begitter, about the female police officers being sexually harassed by their fellow male police officers, you know, it shows that they are shenanigans in subs, you know, it shows that the male. Uh, police officers, you know, are dead past 
some nice time, you know, and like I'm not dead to serve and protect the nation with honor and dignity, you know. There must be disciplinary hearing, you know, for those who have been found being involved in sexually harassing the female police officers, you know. Yeah, it must be like that. My name is Kugza from Pushback Ridge 104.6 FM. SAFM. Thank you so much for your WhatsApp voice note. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, so, so, so accountability and 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 creating a support system is one thing, and it's an important thing, Mary. Uh, but is there something that you think fundamentally may have gone wrong, even in police training? Oh, look, I mean, definitely. If you go back to police training, you start with a selection of police. I mean, right now, I mean, as I talked this year, this last year. We have given a list of people who were admitted into the police without passing the test because they bought their way in. And that happened at the expense of people who had passed the tests, and including reservists. Now, reservists yeah. are supposed to be given priority. They're in the police. We have sent the lists. We have sent details to IPED. And nothing has been done about it. Three of them that are admitted to the police are foreigners. Mm. They didn't, they bought their way in. I mean, it's not that I'm against foreigners, but you have to be South African to be in the police service. Mm. So, uh, you, I mean, when you have that to start with, you're, you're right for bullying of any sort. Well, you got here by the back door, so, you know, we'll tell people if you don't do as we say. Look, the training of the police yeah. has deteriorated remarkably. There's a lot of violence in the training. This has been exposed in newspaper reports. The mm. brutality in training police. Now, when that brutality, and I mean, it is, it is a, it is this kind of, uh, it's part of the culture of South Africa. We know that gender-based violence. I mean, if you are, if you are behaving in a brutal manner, you're going to do it with women because they're even more vulnerable than other men. Mm. So it starts with who you admit to the police. You're admitting to the police. I mean, there's been even newspaper reports about literacy levels in the police, that the police don't know how to take proper statements because they're not admitting the right people. They're they're admitting people who will buy their way in. Mary, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. That is all that we have time for this evening. But I do appreciate... Uh, your insights this evening uh, that Mary Dahas. Taking your reactions to this, give me a call 86 uh, On the other side of this, it's the open line. So you may as well dial that number 086 What's a voice note? 614 It's just gone after uh, 11 o'clock this evening. Let's take your final news bulletin with Craig Coase.